This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. One day, dear boy, you shall be king. Your duty now was the choice of a woman that people will love as a princess and in due course as queen. I am the sun and the air of the shyness that is crippled. How many times can this family make the same mistake? I am the sun and Paying the consequences each time. Of nothing in particular. All I want is to be loved. It's all any of us want from you. What does one have to do to get some kindness in this family? In time, she will give up her fight and bend. As they all do. And if she doesn't bend, what then? She will break. Season four of Netflix series The Crown continues to follow the journey of Queen Elizabeth II while introducing the story of Charles and Diana. The series, along with The Mandalorian, earned the most Emmy program nominations this year with a remarkable 24 apiece. For The Crown, that includes nominations for Outstanding Drama Series, and in the Creative Arts categories, it includes two for Editing and one for Special Visual Effects. Joining us in this episode to talk about their work on the series are nominated editor Jan Miles and visual effects supervisor Ben Turner. This is the second Emmy nomination for Miles, who won an Emmy in 2014 for the series Sherlock, and it's the third nomination for Turner, who was nominated twice previously for his work on The Crown. I'm Carolyn Giardina. Welcome to The Hollywood Reporter's Behind the Screen. Ian and Ben, thanks for joining us. Hi, pleasure. So in The Crown, we've been tracing decades of uh, the story of Queen Elizabeth II, but in season four, you were moving into the period from 1979 to the early 90s and events that more viewers would remember. So, uh, you know, that's certainly in the case of Charles and Diana's wedding. What particular challenges did this bring to you this season? Well, yeah, I mean, personally for me, it's, I mean, I've, I've worked on all four seasons of The Crown and in the early seasons, it was like a history lesson for myself. You know, like, there's so many parts of history I didn't know existed. So, um, but this one, yeah, this was sort of very prominent in my mind. It, it, this is the, I remember Diana. I remember the, you know, the funeral of her. I remember the wedding. I remember these, you know, I was, I was a young man, but 
Um, really interestingly, you know, um, it's, I don't think I've sort of ever been, I wouldn't say I was a sort of royalist, but it, it's, I think when, when the sort of shift of sounds happened with sort of Diana and that family, it's something I personally could connect to and I think lots of people can. Um, so coming to this season was definitely going to sort of have that challenge, I guess. And I guess the conversation I had with Ben, the director, you know, and I guess all the executives together was sort of how how to sort of tread wisely and carefully and delicately in in that in in this storytelling, you know. So um, that was at the foremost of our minds was to sort of kind of, you know, it, it, we all know. We know the history part of it, but what the crown is always doing is showing you the sort of story of what's behind the curtain, you know, and that's that's the bit that is sort of more interesting. So, with the episode fairy tale that was the episode I did this season, you know, it's sort of we always made a decision to sort of have her so happy and start and, and and so joyful. This sort of young girl going into this, and but when she got moved into Buckingham Palace, and I always remember the sort of moment, sort of halfway through or even the sort of third of the way through that story, quite quickly things go wrong, you know. So um, it's unavoidable, and that's part of the, the storytelling, you know, that we had to tell. But I do, it was very interesting in the edit that, for, that we preserved as much of that joy and happiness as long as we could for that sort of first third of the film. You know, I think the, I think the scene when she's first introduced to the family, you know, and she gets all the, Curtsy's wrong, you know, it starts to go sort of horribly wrong at that point. So, so yeah, challenging, sensitive, but that's kind of, you know, I think, I think we handled it with as much care as possible. Now, Jan, in the episode fairy tale that you mentioned, that's the episode that begins with Charles and Diana's engagement and concludes on their wedding day. Would you talk about, um, elaborate on shaping, you know, the performances and the perspective um, that we get? You know, did you take out scenes? Did you, you know, take away? Did you add, um, you know, as you, you know, showed Diana continuing to struggle, we even see signs of the eating disorder leading up to the wedding? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. The sort of script... It was a really strong script to start with, but I think what Ben, Ben and I discussed and sort of Ben had plans for was kind of, you know, when she, when she sort of finally arrived in the palace and then sort of was given the news, you know, that Charles was going to go on this tour, you know, sort of it's sort of slightly colliding with the sort of that things weren't kind of how they how they should be. We sort of talked a lot about how to spend that sort of period of time, you know, the, the sort of weeks that he was away. Which is kind of like something that's sort of not something that's very easy to convey on a script, you know. So sort of that's what sort of Ben brought to it as, as the director, you know. We sort of had that. We he he kind of gave me lots of scenes where she sat, you know, on the bed and sort of looked out the window and just sort of waiting, you know. And, it, and that was that was a really interesting sort of um, process for me, you know, editing because sort of so often. Editing, you know, is the dialogues and then the next scene and the dialogues and this sort of, you know, evolving that kind of storyline through um, words where this had huge chunks of, of, of scenes in it where she was just alone, you know, sort of conveying that sort of loneliness in this sort of simple sort of silences. You know, we paid a lot of attention to keeping the sound really minimal and, and I sort of did quite hard cuts with sort of her in one place and her in another place and her watching television and her on the telephone, you know, to sort of keep, sort of elongate that pressure. And, and the, one of the ideas we came up with was uh, 
to kind of have the tempo of the clocks. So at the beginning of the film, the sort of clocks have this one rhythm. And then in the same room, slowly as we progress through the film, we slightly pitched and adjusted the tempo of the clocks. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure most people won't notice, but subliminally, the tempo of the film quickens via these simple scenes with no sound, but with the clocks getting quicker. So that, that, that was a small thing that we kind of added. And then, you know, with the, with the eating thing, I mean, that was a very difficult thing to... I mean, I don't really know much about sort of bulimia and, and Ben had more experience with it and sort of researched it, but it was the, the sort of cake-eating montage in, in the kitchen was truly something. I, I mean, I admire, you know, Emma, the actress, that she had to sort of eat so many chocolate eclairs and sort of trifles, but it's something really indicative about that, something really cruel about that, something really, you know, it is an illness. of, of and, I, and again, you know, there's something... I learned so much of history in previous seasons and now I'm learning, you know, I make an episode of The Crown and I'm learning more about eating disorders and that's just, that's kind of the, the sort of strength of The Crown that it sort of, it doesn't shy away from opening your eyes and, and teaching these things that, that, that all of us or some of us can have and publicly share, you know. And I guess with Diana being um, affected like that, you know, something that I guess all young women and young men can, can sort of connect to. Now, that episode ends with uh, the wedding morning, but you never show the wedding. Um, I was curious, did, did they ever shoot or plan to show the wedding in that episode? No, the wedding was, I mean, everybody's seen the wedding. You know, you can go and see the wedding on YouTube. You know, it was watched by millions of people around the world on the day. You know, it was sort of broadcast on every TV channel everywhere. So, and it, and it, it it's something, we have stage journeys to weddings and we have staged parts of weddings i think you know with margaret and stuff in previous seasons but but no it was never a plan it was always the sort of lead up to the wedding you know because <clears throat> but, you know that was peter's sort of like uh, um you know that was his that was that was his script but in the journey of that that's when i um i kind of knew that some people would go we didn't get to the wedding, you know, there wasn't the wedding. So I, I, I in, in the previous episodes of The Crown, Ben and I have always had a sort of small motif where we sort of have one last piece of story in, in the end credits, which we've done on a few of the episodes. So I spent some time watching all the archive of the wedding for hours, you know, to try and find something. And I actually tried something in one of the edits where I used a shot of St. Paul's from the roof and it showed all the people inside and it showed them at the altar, you know, with the, having the sort of, you know, wedding vows and stuff. And I tried that. And then I stumbled across, um, the Archbishop of Canterbury's, you know, voice, which was, you know, one of his sermons and it was extraordinary. And his voice was amazing. And then he talked about fairy tales and all about what marriage means. And so I tried an edit with that and I played, showed it to Peter. Peter loved it. So that was my version or our version of not going to the wedding, but using something from the real wedding that sort of leap, sort of leapfrogs you ahead. So if you, you know, and um, those words are just truly spellbinding, you know. You know, like, I mean, talking about visual effects, in that montage sequence, there's an exterior of Buckingham Palace, which, you know, Ben populated with the crowd. And I think it's actually, I think the plate's actually original piece of footage from the palace, you know, so it's sort of part visual effects, part plate, real plate. Yeah, it's like a helicopter shot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a helicopter shot. And that's something we kind of haven't really done before. That's kind of the first time we kind of used that kind of 
real footage with you know we weren't even going to do that we weren't even going to show you the outside the only way you're going to see bits of it was via the television which is those small little shots where you see a bit of Buckingham, um st paul's and the crowd and stuff and and never go to the wedding you know it was just but it's always character led and always about these two people you know and it was and and, and the main thing was to have diana you know walk away in in that amazing shot with the long train in the dress you know which is sort of like i mean it's Terrible thing to say, but it's like it's just off to sort of be beheaded, isn't it? In sort of in, in earlier connotations of king and queen, that's kind of what it was. But um, but no, no, that no, no. I mean, the wedding would have been near impossible to film and make. You know, I mean, it would we'd have to probably ended up using archive anyway and with mixtures of stuff. You know, so. Now, throughout the season, though, um, Ben, you and your team had to create crowds outside of Buckingham Palace during the visit to Australia. Would you talk about the visual effects work um, for those big scenes? Yeah, of course. Um, so, so, yeah, crowds is one of our one of the sort of primary tasks, really, of our of our department um, because it sort of goes with the territory, really, and so everywhere the queen or any other member of the royal family goes then lots of people come out to see them so we do pretty well with our um with our supporting artists on set and we we do get some some big numbers on some days but we're never into you know the the, the sort of numbers that we need to, to to sort of fill out those spaces so uh yeah this season was no different and um uh, as yam was sort of mentioning we did a, a huge aerial shot um on the morning of the wedding of uh, the charles and diana wedding um where where we we actually used a bit of uh, stock footage of the real palace an aerial helicopter plate and um we we then sort of you know filled out the whole of the mall and the area around the victoria monument with um a huge sort of cg crowd and got them all waving flags and um uh, and we had some you know added in some sort of hel- with some helicopters buzzing you know press uh, helicopters uh, sort of buzzing around as well and it just sort of just gives you a sort of fleeting moment of scale and uh and sort of uh, you know a little glimpse at the <laughs> at the sort of um the wedding fever um, but without actually having to completely recreate the wedding, um, uh, which, you know, it, we feel, you know, we've done, we've done a couple of weddings, uh, on the crown already. And we, we saw the first one, you know, the, the, the big one, the Elizabeth and Philip one in series one. Uh, and then we sort of did the little journey towards the Margaret and Tony wedding, but didn't actually go inside again. Um, and I think, I think Jan's right. I think it's about, it's about the, you know, it's all about the kind of the 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 drama around those events that we're sort of mostly interested in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to sort of clarify that in a way, you know, to to have that that VFX shot that when you know that, that you sort of get that glimpse and they filled those crowds. I guess the storytelling we're telling is is that here's this young girl that's looking out the window with this story you've just witnessed, where you know he's still in love with this other woman. And she's going to the happiest day of her life. And all those people, from their perspective, they're throwing, waving the flags, going, what a fantastic, beautiful day. And it's and that, and that we're, we're showing the other side of that story. Only if you knew. And it's really interesting because 
when I watched all the archive stuff, when I found the Archbishop story low, it's only with the brilliance and beauty of hindsight. We all say this, don't we? But now you know, when I watched that archive stuff of the wedding, you see signs, there's moments in that. There's a moment when they're on the balcony, goes to touch her hand and she moves her hand. You know, it's extraordinary how you would have seen it one way on that day and then this way in the crown, knowing the, you know, having that, that the beauty of hindsight. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The royal family obviously continues to be in the news. Um, when you were editing this season, did anything happen in the news that caused the, the filmmakers to, you know, you and the filmmakers to pause and change direction on anything? We don't really sort of carry the current history. We don't really tangle ourselves. You know, this is it's fictitious. This is drama. But Peter explores the nugget of sort of, he has all these researchers, they get the research right, but he dramatizes what's around it. But we don't run that parallel line with, with, with you know, with what's current in that family. We, we don't make comment. We don't really, that's not, we, we're always, we are definitely always stooped in history. We're always in history. You know, that's, we're not, we're not, we're not doing current affairs and we're not sort of tangling with that. Of course, the, of course, all these people are alive and the, and the, beautiful queens in that big house every day. But um, we, we, I, I think once we heard that, I don't know, people say that she watches The Crown, you know? So, <laughs> so that's all we know. I hope not. I hope not. No. <laughs> so, Ben, one of the, um, the visual effects tasks that you had in the first episode of the season was um, the boat explosion that kills Lord Montbatten. Would you talk about that? Some of those shots were fully CG. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was probably that's one of the biggest challenges of the season. I think um, is the Mountbatten assassination, and it's and it's something that I've having worked on the show since the beginning. I've I've known has been coming, like because it's because it's fairly it's you know relatively recent history, and um, I heard about it. I, I you know I was quite young at the time, but I heard about it. Um, from my parents and 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 family members and and what an enormous shock it was uh when when that happened and and so i've sort of been i've sort you know doing the job that i do i've sort of been no i've sort of known that it's coming my way in some shape or form uh down the track and then this season when we got the scripts and and i sort of read it and uh, and I was really sort of struck by the, you know, by the by the sort of surprise, you know, the shock of it and the violence of it. Um, and you know, we had a number of conversations with Ben Karen uh, about uh, how he wanted to direct that scene, and he he had the amazing idea to sort of to sort of see it from a different perspective, and that being from below the surface of the water. Um, and, and that, I think, um, you know, it's sort of, it, you know, it slightly made our job a bit more tricky, uh, because we not only have to, 
sort of create convincing pyrotechnic explosion effects but that's also sort of seen through the prism of of the murky uh the murky waters um uh and so i mean it's a it was a fantastic challenge for us and the team and um and there are we we did explore different ways of shooting it um you know we went to a we went to a tank a, a tank at a studio and did some tests um but it but it sort of proved that it was going to we weren't going to be able to create um practically a a, a sort of a, a, an effect that had the right kind of weight to it and so um that was kind of where we ended up going down the full cg route um and so yeah a lot of those so that all the shots with the from 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 under the water that's all fully cg so we created the boat and the sort of the underwater environment with the um with the you know the the plant life and the fish and things sort of bobbing around and we made the lobster pot because that's part of you know it's all sort of intertwined with the with the scene on the boat um with with Mountbatten and and uh, and the boys and everything and they're sort of pulling up the lobster pot and and then they sort of throw it in and it and that's when the explosion is detonated and um yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of work and a lot of sort of experimentation, I suppose, with the level of the explosive and the and the, the level of destruction. And we sort of toyed with the idea of different levels of of sort of graphic, you know, the sort of graphic nature of of that, what's you know what's happening there. Um, and we, I feel like we found a line that was both sort of had, had the right sort of impact and the sort of shock and violence of it. Um, but without straying too far into, into the sort of, without being too dis, you know, disrespectful of, of, of the, the real lives affected. So uh, yeah, I was sort of, I was pleased with how, how it, how it turned out in the end, but it was, it was a huge amount of, a huge amount of work for us and the team. That sequence um, was, was created by Untold Studios in London, um, who Jan and I worked a lot with on series three, as they were the vendor who created the Abavan um, disaster as well. Yeah, they did it. They did a really beautiful job on, on both of those sequences. Um, and actually, this this on the Mountbatten scene as well. They had to do all of the all of the shots on the boat itself because we plant we went you know we went all the way to the far north of Scotland to shoot the scene on the boat. But then it was it, it was too windy and choppy to actually take the actors out on the water. So um, so we shot that whole scene on, in the harbour side against against a green screen. Uh, so they took on all of those all of those shots as well. Do you want to um, mention your other visual effects vendors that you worked with this season? So on series four, our primary vendor was Frame Store, and they did uh, a huge amount of shots. Um, and uh, they were they sort of took took on the palace extensions, and uh, so that in episode one, they created the the opening scene where um, Elizabeth and the family 
leave the palace for the, uh, to attend the trooping of the colour. And they uh, they also provided a lot of um, the crowd support throughout the series, um, whether it be at the Princess Anne's uh, show jumping uh, event, which was actually filmed in front of sort of almost empty stands, and uh, and they completely filled all of the stands and created marquees and tents and uh, uh, refreshment stalls and populated all of those with with crowd as well. And they also took on the Australia tour um, in episode six, where uh, Charles and Diana go to, you know, Sydney Opera House and uh, Ayers Rock and uh, all of those incredible incredibly recognizable sites uh which were all actually shot in the south of spain rather than uh, rather than australia so they did a they did a beautiful job of uh, of of that work as well visual effects is changing uh and evolving so quickly um you know certainly over the years we've seen a lot of advancements in things like crowds and water which we just talked about you know with that in mind is there anything that you had to do during the season that maybe you did differently or you would have had to address in a very different way if you had done this season a year or two ago? Good question. I think I would say a year or two ago, I wouldn't have dreamt that we would do a fully CG creature, uh, which is what we, which what we did on in episode two for the stag where the, you know, the, the family and, um, and also uh, a Japanese tourist at the start of the episode are, um, stalking across the highlands of Scotland. And and I think that work was also completed by uh, the incredible creature team at Framestore. Yeah, and if you'd sort of said to me you know, in, on, on series one, that, um, in, a, in a few years down the line that we'd be doing a full CG creature in the crown, I wouldn't have, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed you. But, um, but I, think, I think you're right in terms of technology has really come on certainly and it, it sort of makes that kind of work accessible to to tv shows now whereas you know a few years ago it would have been it would really have only been sort of you know big hollywood sort of movies that would sort of take take on that kind of work um yeah that you know it is achievable in in on a on a sort of a albeit you know a decent tv budget but um but uh, and and the work and you know the sort of the, the technologies around the creating of this, those characters and and creatures has improved immensely that 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 loads of people wouldn't um wouldn't wouldn't believe that that was a fully cg creature with fur blowing in the wind and dew droplets dripping from its chin you know it's like a it's a pretty remarkable um thing to have conjured out of out of nothing right as you said it's more frequently something that we would have seen in a feature yeah is deep fake for head replacement something that you think you're going to be using more frequently going forward i think so yeah i think um as that technology sort of starts to really come of age and be more widely used i think it i think there's a there's a real opportunity there to sort of use it to our advantage rather than just sort of have people use it to sort of fake youtube clips of uh, 
presidents. <laughs> so throughout the season, how did editorial and visual effects work together? It's a constant dialogue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's sort of evolution, isn't it? It's a, you know, I think there's a sort of part we, I think, I think we sort of just try and piece together the bits that tell the story, um, you know, for timing and for the, what that sort of sort of story is. Obviously, so, a fair bit of stuff has already been figured out on this show, being four seasons in. But from my perspective, it's sort of if I if there's a rough version, we kind of sort of knock together something made of. I mean, if you ever saw them, they're awful, you know, sort of. But we kind of start with something very primitive and basic. But it's kind of to sort of go. If I sort of believe in that, believe in that's telling the story, then if I hand it to Ben. Ben's not going to be embarrassed, and so he's, you know, he's going to embellish it and sort of believe in it too. So if we sort of start with that belief as a nucleus of an idea, and we may piece it together from we sort of take a still from somewhere and we kind of stick it together with sticky tape, and we get the timing of it, and then the rhythm it's right, and then it works. When we hand it to these brilliant, you know, artists, you know, and Ben sort of finds this team of people that. Everyone kind of has a place to start from, even though the evolution is going to take on another, another step. It always, I do believe, Ben, if I'm right, if you kind of start with a good place and a kind of good thing to hang your coat on, then it always ends up being quite a good shot. I think that's sort of pretty much the rule yeah, of thumb. Abso yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, a lot, yeah, like you say, a lot of things we kind of know are coming ahead, ahead of time before we get into the edit. And then... There are some things that are almost born out of the edit, and um, and that's kind of where Jan and and the editors and the assistants they sort of wrestle with these sequences and sort of find their way through the story, and then they'll create. They might sort of create a shot that um, none of us were thinking of, but it really helps to sort of hang our hang our hats on it. And it sort of helps to sort of find our way through those moments in the story. And so that's kind of when we um, we really start to sort of throw some ideas around and... and, and uh, <laughs> Don't mention the mouse. <laughs> don't mention the mouse. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Um, just, I don't think anybody knows about the mouse, do they? Don't they? I thought they did. I thought Ben. I thought Ben Karen put it on his Instagram. Has he put it out? Is he? Is he really? Yeah, he let the, the mouse out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it, uh, is it, I mean, uh, they it was a big story. A the mouse. Yeah. Well, that's a real mouse. That's not a CGI mouse. But, but did you have? You did have to CGI it. Did you have to CGI the mouse? Or no, it's a, it's a real. It's it's a real mouse. But you put the um, mouse in a different shot. But we but we but we added it in. We added yeah. it in, and there was like a there was a big sort of um, there was like a big sort of internet storm over <laughs> this mouse that was yeah. running through the Queen Mother's yeah this is, how and this is this is this is how editorial VFX work together we can <laughs> yeah and but you know when can, Ben when Ben said, yeah when ben, I had to watch seven takes of this mouse and it was a really good mouse it was really trained you know the mouse sort of kind of did randomly sort of go off but I kind of looked at Ben and went are you serious are we going to put a mouse in this shot and he's like yeah yeah we're going to put yeah. a mouse in this shot well it was the Cinderella, it's the Cinderella mouse <laughs> yeah of course oh, yeah, it's the fairy tale it's part of the fairy tale <laughs> and there I can't are lots of mice just let that out of the bag 
Oh yeah, we have. I think no, I think you're right. I think Ben spoke about it. I'm sure it's out there. But it's it's been you know the mouse has been in. He's he's had his <laughs> moment of fame. <laughs> I think it's time. Yeah. It's time we got he got outed as a as a <laughs> editorial visual effects crossover. <laughs> yeah. So before we wrap, you both are already working on season five. What can you share? I can't share anything. No, absolutely nothing. Other than I'm talking to you from Scotland. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously there's a fair bit of history that's in front of us, which I'm sure is, you know, people are aware of that's coming down the line. But I think um, I think all these stories stay for the premiere of Netflix, certainly, Ben, I think probably the... Yeah, I think so. What I can say is, um, from what I've seen of the new cast, it's very, very exciting. Well, congratulations on your Emmy nominations, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very, very much.